Turn with me to two openings, please. Uh, John chapter 3 and Romans chapter 8. John 3, Romans 8. We've been on this for some uh, weeks now. If you haven't been with us, you can get caught up. You can go online, download the previous messages. You can go back in the back in the Word Supply and get you a CD or DVD. won't cost you anything. won't cost you anything. And around here we got a saying, no cost, no charge means no excuse for not having it, not knowing. You can't say you couldn't afford it. So uh, John 3 and 14, John 3, 14 As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Keep going. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Keep going. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you believe in him? Verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, the title of the series is not guilty. And that's what condemned means, is guilty. Basically, it's legal terminology. It means that you were tried and found guilty And deserving of punishment. What comes after being found guilty? Sentencing. But uh, the father did not send the son Jesus into the world to find us guilty. Offer you and us to be found guilty and then judged and sentenced. But that the world through him might be saved. You and I are not to be involved in condemnation. The Holy Spirit is not a condemning spirit. And you, even if somebody, a friend of yours or a family member, even if they are in the most gross of sin, it is not your job to condemn them, nor to judge them. You don't have to call sin good. You don't have to tell them that the sin is right, but nor do you have to judge them. That's right. Amen. Say that loud. It is not my job, it is not my job to, judge. to judge. Now, what does judge mean? Judge means you're guilty of something. You're guilty of something. It's not my job to judge. And of course, uh, one of the downsides of judging is that you get judged. If you judge, you get judged. Let's say you're in a situation where somebody has really blown it. They have really sinned. They have really messed up. And you're tempted to be hard and judgmental with them. You ought to be aware, hey, there may be a time I want some mercy. And I want some grace. And need some. So here's a perfect opportunity to sow some. Sow some. Treat them. The way you'd want to be treated if it was you in that situation. And if you'd say, well, I'd never. (laughs) Right. You already have. Oh, no, I've never. Hey, have you ever sinned? Well, that's what they've done. Right? And don't kid yourself. Your flesh will do anything you let it do. You start yielding to the flesh. You start yielding to wrong things. In a matter of months, especially a matter of years, you could wind up in places doing things you never imagined you'd do. Because it just gets worse and worse and worse. And so, uh, except for the grace of God, you could be in the very same situation. The Bible says, considering yourself, lest you be tempted, and in meekness restore such an one. You don't misrepresent God. You don't tell them what they're doing is okay. And you don't call sin okay, but you do tell them God loves them. Amen. And they can be forgiven. Yeah. And they can be restored. And it can be better than it ever was if they'll just come back, right? Amen. And he's not condemning and nor are you. In John 8, John 8, we see when they brought that woman caught in the act of adultery. And they threw her down in front of Jesus and said, Moses, uh, law says she ought to be stoned. What do you say? They were so convinced 
of how merciful he was, they thought they're going to get him in trouble for sure. They thought they're going to get him to contradict the law of Moses because his reputation for mercy was so well known. And so uh, the Lord gave him wisdom. And he said, he that's without sin among you, let him be the first one to throw the stone. And convicted by their conscience, they all went out because they knew. They knew. Where's the guy involved in this act of adultery? Probably one of their friends. You know, (laughs) this is a setup. This whole deal stinks. But anyway, Jesus looked at the woman when all of her accusers are gone. And he says, where are your accusers? Verse 10. Has no man condemned you? And she said, no man, Lord. You know, don't you think she's breathing a sigh of relief? Because she thought a few minutes ago she's about to die. And Jesus said to her, shame on you. You know better than this. Did you hear that phrase, shame on you? You need to get rid of that phrase. Don't say it to yourself. Don't say it to anybody. Don't say it to your dog or your cat. Just don't say it. Shame on you is trying to minister guiltiness and shame on somebody. Be ashamed. You should be ashamed. No, you should be cleansed by the blood. And have no reason then to be ashamed. The Lord doesn't want you ashamed. He wants you righteous and clean. And has gone to great lengths so that we would be. Everybody hear that phrase? Shame on you. Treat it like cuss words. It's not fit for Christian speaking. Right? Don't use that phrase. He said, neither do I condemn you. Don't you like the sound of that? Neither do. Was she guilty of something? Yes, Yes, she was. He didn't say what she had done was okay. What did he say? Go and sin no more. That means she had sinned. But he said, don't do it anymore. But he also said, neither am I condemning you for it. I'm not judging you for it. Why? Because he didn't come to judge. If he'd have wanted us judged, all he'd have had to do is nothing. Just leave us like we were. And we'd have been sinful, guilty, and judged. But he came so we would not be judged. Thank you, Lord. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Do you believe he'd still say that to you and anybody else? He never changes. Neither do I condemn you. What if you've messed up so terribly and you fall down before him and say, God, I'm so ashamed. You know, I I feel so terrible. What's he going to say to you? What's he going to say to you? I'm not condemning you. I'm not condemning you. Jesus, the righteous one. I'm not condemning you. Oh, friend, if you mess up, don't run from him. Don't try to hide it from him. He already knows it. Run to him. Immediately, quickly, and receive your forgiveness and receive your cleansing by faith in him. Can you say amen? Because what's he going to tell you? He's going to tell you the same thing he told her. Neither do I condemn you. Quit doing it. (laughs) Go and sin no more. But I'm not putting you down. I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. Romans 8 and 1. Are you there? Let's turn there. Romans 8. And one, he said, there is therefore now no condemnation. That means guiltiness, the accompanying shame. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Everybody say that out loud. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The wages of sin is death. If you've sinned, you're guilty. You are to be blamed. And because of that, shamed. And because of that, fearful of what's coming. The punishment, the sentence. Of what's owed to you. What's due to you. Because of your sin. But. Hallelujah. The law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. What he has done. Has set me free. 
made me free from the law of sin and death. So that even though I have sinned and missed it, I am not condemned. Because he was condemned in my place, even though he had not sinned. Second Corinthians 5.21, put it up on the screen for us. Second Corinthians 5.21. It says he has made him to be sin for us. Did Jesus ever sin? He was not guilty of any sin. He never committed any sin. So he was, he was not to be blamed or deserving of any judgment. But he was made sin with my sin and your sin. Why? So we could be old sinners? Hopefully, maybe saved? No, so we could be made the righteousness of God in him. Just as surely as he was made sin, we are made righteous. Thank you, Lord. And after having been made sin with our sin, if he could come out from the heart of the earth and go directly into the presence of the Almighty and sit down at the right hand of God. That means he did it free from our sin that he took. That's why you and I, even though we've missed it and messed up in the past, we can come boldly into the presence of God with no sense of shame or inferiority or guilt because Jesus has borne it all. He took it all, he carried it all, he became it all, he paid for it all. And so you and I have been declared righteous, innocent, holy, worthy. Oh, you didn't deserve it, you didn't earn it, but you've been made it. I said you've been made it. Somebody said out loud, he was made sin with my sin. I've been made righteous with his righteousness. Glory to God. The Lord, God who is love, has made me righteous with his own righteousness. Love has made me righteous. Thank you, Lord. You know, he did it for his sake, too, so he could bless us. Hallelujah. He longs to fellowship with us and bless us. And he can't fellowship with sin and bless sin. That would be unjust. So he fixed it so he could. Aren't we thankful? Oh, say it again. Love has made me righteous. Go to Luke 8. Luke 8. And what's, uh, let's look at verse 22. Luke 8, 22. It came to pass on a certain day he went into a ship with his disciples and he said to them, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. <laughs> Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., uh, uh, mine and Phyllis' father in the faith, we, when we used to fly, he'd say that almost every time. Getting the plane for it took off. He said, let's go over to the other side. <laughs> what's, what's he talking about? He's talking about taking off and landing. <laughs> <laughs> where you're going, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's a great idea, isn't it? So <laughs> you might want to incorporate that. Did you know people on, say, a commercial airliner that's going somewhere, whether they know it or not, should they be glad you're on there? Yeah. If they're not Christians and they don't know how to believe, they should be, because it can make a it can make a big difference. <laughs> that's another message. And so they. He said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. 23. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. You know, how dare that storm do that with Jesus right there in the boat. But it happened. You know, just because you find yourself in some unfavorable conditions, don't let it throw you for a loop. Just deal with it. What's this storm? What if Jesus would have woke up and go, what's going on here? This is not supposed to be happening. I'm Jesus. This doesn't happen with me. (laughs) Huh? No, don't get shocked because something comes up that you have to deal with. The Lord didn't tell you that you'd never have anything to deal with in this life. 
He did tell you that if you'd trust him, you'd overcome them all. He would always cause you to try it, right? So there came a storm of wind and the boats filled with water and they were in jeopardy. They're in danger. 24. And they came to him and awoke him. So he is sleeping through the sloshing water in the boat. How's he doing this? But he, he's asleep. They said, Master, Master, we perish. Another of the writers says, Don't you care that we perish? Then he arose and rebuked the wind. That's not a prayer. That's not praying. And the raging of the water. Uh, one said he rebuked the wind. And then he spoke to the waves and said, Peace. Be still. So he rebuked what was causing the problem. And then he spoke peace to what had been affected by the problem. He rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And what happened? What happened? They ceased. And there was a calm. In other words, the wind and the waves did what he told them to do. You believe this happened? Keep reading. And he said to them. Why didn't you wake me up sooner? You should have woke me up earlier. Not let this get so bad. And don't try this at home. (laughs) Because I'm Jesus. I'm the son of God. I can do this. But you can't. Now why would I say that? Because... Most church folks believe some form of that. Don't they? But what did he say to them? Where is. What does that mean? Where's your faith? He just showed them his. (laughs) He just showed them his. Now he wants to know. Where's yours? Where's yours? What does that mean? Where's yours? <laughs> it doesn't take faith to cry and get scared and wake somebody up and say, don't you care? We're all going to die. It doesn't take any faith to do that. What does it take faith to do? What he just did. That takes faith. So why is he asking them about theirs? <laughs> he said, where's your faith? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? wonder if he'd ask you and me the same thing today. He's the same. He never changes. Yesterday, today, and forever. If he said it, he's still saying the same thing. If he said it to them, he's no respecter of persons. He's saying it to us. Where is your faith? Where's your faith? It's uh, 11.30 on a Sunday morning. Do you know where your faith is? <laughs> Where's your faith? <laughs> and they being afraid if you look at uh, Mark's account when he said why are you so fearful how is it that you have no faith then after he said that they feared exceedingly Mark 4 says they got even more scared and they said what manner of God is this what manner of God is this that No. What manner of man is this? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. What kind of man can do this? A lot of theologians would tell you a man can't do this. But a man did do it. Which means a man can do it. Now, so much of the church world has attributed all of Jesus' works to his ability as God. And if that's so, then they are in a class unattainable to us mere mortals. True? That's what many have said and taught. If he did what he did as God, then how are you and I going to do it? You're not God. I'm not God. How are we going to do it? But there are numerous scriptures 
that show us that he didn't do them as God. What kind of man is this? Let me get ahead of myself a little bit and tell you what kind of man. What kind of man can do that? A righteous man. Because the righteous are bold. Bold as a lion. Can you see the lion of the tribe of Judah standing up in that boat and speaking to that wind and those waves and fully expecting them to do what he told them to do? And they did. But the vast majority of Christians will read that and hear that and go, well, yeah, that's Jesus. He can do that. And without saying it, there's a little parenthesis behind it. You can't. And don't try this at home. He's Jesus. The righteous. And you are just an old sinner. Hopefully, maybe, saved by grace. And this is why so much of the church has been so weak and so powerless because they've believed lies about these things. Go with me to John 14. John 14, please. What manner of man is this? What kind of man is this? John 14 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, do you believe on him? You were not hesitant a while ago when we read John 3 about not being condemned if you believe on him. Do you still believe on him? Then this is you and me. He that believes on me, the works that I do, the works I do, shall he do. Also, and greater works than these shall he do. Why? If Jesus would have stayed and continued, the works would have just kept getting bigger and greater and bigger and greater. But that was not his only mission. He showed us how to do it for a few short years. And then he paid the price for us. Hallelujah. And now he's at the right hand of majesty where he ever lives to make intercession for us. And so, if you read in the book of Acts, you see that what Jesus did when he was on the earth continues. I said it continues through his church by the Holy Spirit. Don't we see it? We see, I mean, in the third chapter. We see Peter and John come up to the gate and there's that man that's laying from his mother's womb from birth sitting there. And they said, such as I have, give I you in the name of Jesus. Get up on your feet and walk. That's bold, isn't it? And who's doing this? It's not Jesus. He's in heaven. And yet it is Jesus through his church, but it's happening through men. Isn't it? And the Bible said that when they stood up before the council and they were threatening them, the Bible said they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Why? Because they are acting like Jesus. (laughs) I said they're acting like him. They're bold like him. And as you go through the book of Acts, you see Peter and and Paul and and, and different ones, prophets and evangelists and and laity, casting out evil spirits, speaking and people being healed, people being raised from the dead. This sounds just like Jesus. Why? Because those made righteous are made like him. And those that believe in him become like him. And those that believe in him, the works he did, they do. Say it out loud. The works he did, we do. The works he did, I do. That wasn't everybody, but I'll say it again. Give you another chance to jump in here. Am I making this up? Is this my idea? I didn't write this. You see... 
religion and tradition has changed the gospel and changed the Bible. And because it's been around so long, people think, well, that's the Bible. That's right. That's truth. But things have been altered. Do you know one of the biggest things they got upset with Jesus about? His boldness. And claiming a personal connection with the Almighty. Called him his father. And he dared to just step out and proclaim the truth. And speak against demons and shut them down. And speak against disease. Right? He spoke to trees. He spoke to the wind. And people thought, who does he think he is? And we're saying, well, he's the son of God. But that's not what the scriptures emphasize. The scripture says, what kind of man? What manner of man? Because he's operating and functioning as a man. Showing us how to live as a man. A human being. This has not been real enough. It hadn't been preached enough. It hadn't been believed enough. What kind of man? Righteous man. Hallelujah. Godly man. Man full of faith. Man full of power. Did he give us his name? Then we got the authority. Did he give us his Holy Spirit? Then we got the power. The big holdup is not believing it. That's the big hindrance. It's going, oh, yeah, it's a, uh, not me. Not me. I can't. Well, then you can't. But it's not because it's not God's will. It's because you don't believe it. You don't accept it. No, he said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Luke 6 and 40. You don't have to turn there. They'll put it up for us. Luke 6 and 40 says, Jesus said, the disciple is not above his master. But, a lot of people would agree with that, but they won't agree with the last part. Are you one of his disciples? Disciple basically means a student, a learner. But everyone that is perfect now, don't let that word throw you. It means fully developed. We're going to read some other translations. Shall be what? As his master. What are you called to be? Just like Jesus. That's what you and I are called to be. The NAS says the pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he's been fully trained will be like his teacher. Are you supposed to be in training right now? Are you spo- what are you supposed to be learning how to do? Pray just like Jesus. Talk just like Jesus. Deal with things just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Somebody say just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. I've had some folks take issue with me before. They thought I was entirely too bold. Who did I think I was? That one guy said, are you trying to act just like Jesus? I said, I thought that was the idea. Right? You got a better example for me to act like? See, people have lowered their vision. They've lowered their expectations far below what the Word of God has given us. Don't set your eyes on any man or woman living Or that you know from a previous generation and say, I want to be just like them. Nah, if there's something good about them that you want to be, it's because to some degree they were like him. But go ahead and lift your eyes on up. Come on, come on up higher. You don't want to be just like this man or this woman. You want to be just like him, just like Jesus. That's what it means to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that mark? What is that prize? What is that high calling? It's being just like him. Living like him. 
thinking like him, speaking like him, praying like him. That's how a righteous man or woman thinks, prays, lives, acts. Somebody say, just like. Just like Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In 1 John 2, 6. Are you in him? Is he in you? You believe in him? 1 John 2, 6 says, He that says he abides in him ought himself also to what? To walk how? Even as he walked. The Amplified says he ought to walk and conduct himself in the same way in which he, Jesus, walked and conducted himself. You ever see Jesus scared of sickness? Scared of the devil? Never. You don't see it. How about you and me? How are we supposed to act? You ever hear Jesus begging the Father? Pitifully begging the Father? Never. You see him pray with confidence. Doesn't he? He said, Father, I know that you hear me. And I know you always hear me. Didn't he say it? Are you supposed to pray that way? Just like him. How many would agree there is no better example to follow? There is no better example. But you're going to have to step up and be fiery to follow his example. Aren't you? You're going to have to step up and be bold to do it like he did it. Because he didn't play. He didn't mess around. He never begged the devil to do anything. He didn't grovel. He spoke to it. And it happened. (laughs) Woo! Somebody say glory to God. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Are you a Christian? What's a Christian? I looked up the words to remind myself. Christos and Christianos. It's from the same word. What does it mean? Well, it's master and disciple. What are you? A Christian. Might help you to say that for, like that for a while. What does it mean that you're a, a Christian? I'm like him. If you've seen me, you've seen him. (laughs) Christ means anointed one. Hallelujah. What are you? I'm an anointed one. One. I'm in training. Learning how he does it. Why? Not just so I can admire it from afar. So I can do it like he did it. Can you hear some of those old uh, religious cows groaning? (laughs) He said, uh, for to me to live is what? Christ. To be like the Christ. To act like the Christ. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. And the Bible said about him being the Christ in John 7, 26. They said, lo, he speaks boldly. And they don't, they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? What was one of the marks of the Christ? He spoke boldly. That's not arrogantly, but it's confidently. Why are you bold? You're bold because you know. You're bold because you're sure. You're bold because you know who he is and you know who you are in him. And it makes you bold. Makes you comfortable and free to come boldly into his presence. And make you bold to stand up in the devil's face and shut him down. Somebody say, do it like Jesus did it. Do it just like Jesus did it. Just like he did it. Go to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Religion does not teach this. (laughs) It does not teach that you and I can do what he did. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Religion today is the same as it was when Jesus walked the earth. They got so indignant with him. They accused him of blasphemy because he said he was the son of God. Who do you think you are? Who gave you this authority? Why? Because somebody else is behind it. You know who's the one who really doesn't want anybody acting like a righteous man? It's the devil because it tears up his playhouse. It took him years, decades, sometimes generations to get those yokes and bondages on those people. And Jesus come in there and in a few seconds, they're gone. They're free. They're healed. They're delivered. It's really frustrating for the devil. (laughs) And you know what his worst nightmare is? Do you know what his worst nightmare is? To not just have one Christ going around doing this, but to have millions of them in the earth acting like Jesus. Oh, he can't stand to think about it. So what do you do to keep that from happening? What do you do? How do you keep that from happening? You influence seminaries and doctors. Of theology. And you influence the ministry. Come on are you listening? Because Christians are not going to Satanist churches. They're not going to get those messages. But they need to hear from the pulpit. No matter how it's couched. Or how it's worded. The message needs to come across. Don't you dare try to act like Jesus. Don't you dare. Think you could stand up and command stuff. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Shame on you. Say devil. That is straight from the devil. That message. that I'm talking about preaching. Preaching. Preaching that comes across pulpits. It's straight from the devil. That's not my words. How many of Timothy calls it doctrines of devils? That means teachings of devils. And it happens in churches. Say it out loud. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. How you feel about that? <laughs> I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Matthew 21. And uh, let's see, what, 19 or so? Jesus saw a fig tree in the way. He came to it. He found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it. Now, is he praying? He's not praying. What's he doing? He's talking to a tree. Is that right? Is that right? He's talking to a tree. Should you talk to things? Christians should be speaking to things. There's a time to pray and there's a time to say. And you don't need to be praying when you should be saying. Hmm? Don't need to be saying when you should be praying. Mark 11, 23 And four deals with both of them. It deals with speaking and it deals with praying. You do both of them in faith, but they're addressed different directions. He's not talking to the Father. I know I read uh, uh, some years ago in the gospel, he talks about Peter's mother-in-law was taken with a great fever. And the Bible said Jesus rebuked the fever. And for the first time I saw, he's not praying to the Father. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. Who's he talking to? He's talking to a fever. Well, isn't it true that everything that exists was created because God spoke? Words brought it into existence. Well, if words brought it into existence, words can change it and alter it. Not just empty words, but faith-filled words. And so I said, he's talking to a fever. Can a fever hear? And I read the next verse and it says, and immediately it left her. I thought, yep, fevers can hear. He told it to get and it got. And then I thought, if a fever can hear, a kidney can hear. Blood pressure can hear. But how many Christians are boldly speaking to organs, speaking to joints, speaking to blood? Speaking to trees and we—they're not. They haven't been taught that. What if they've been taught? Don't you dare! 
Don't you dare. Who do you think you are? You're not Jesus. Well, then who are you? If you're not trying to be like him, who are you trying to be like? Who have we substituted for Jesus? No. I'm a Christian. Come on, somebody help me out. Are you a Christian? One like the Christ. I'm a disciple of the master. And I'm never going to be above him. Nobody else ever is. But if you're fully trained, you can be like him. He said so. He said so. He said so. Woo. Boy, I'd have preached this just for myself this morning. He saw the fig tree. He said, let no fruit grow on you henceforward forever. He's talking to the tree. And presently, the fig tree withered away. Can trees hear? Obviously. Verse 20. When the disciples saw it, they said, golly. Look at that. Wowzer. Did you see that? He talked to that tree. And the tree did what he told it to do. Were they impressed with Jesus? As you should be. But people stop right there. They stop right there and they go. Man, yeah, Jesus can do it. Yeah, yeah, he can. He can do anything. And you hear people preach. And they say, you know, Jesus, he walked on the water. Why? He's God. Jesus, he raised the dead. Yeah, why? He's God. And he is God, and he did do those things. But when you say it like that, you leave a wrong impression. You're implying he did it with abilities as the Almighty, which is not true. I said, it's not true because the Bible says he did it as a man. As a man. As a man. Before I read the rest of this, let me read you Philippians, where he talks about this. Philippians, in the second chapter and the seventh verse, you stay there in Matthew. Philippians 2, 7 in the Amplified says, He stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant in that he what? Did he really become like other men? And he was born a human being. Was he doing what he's doing as a human being? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Now, this might be a a stretch to get a hold of. But Jesus was not born with all. He did not function in the earth in omnipotence or omniscience. He had to learn the word like other people learn the word do you see in the scriptures that he grew in knowledge and wisdom how many understand the almighty being omniscient does not grow in wisdom he already has it but Jesus said isn't this amazing the word is learning the word for the first time it's amazing and then there are times he obviously didn't know things he came to see if it was this way or not. What's the message? He's a son of God. He already knew. No, he's not operating as God. He's operating as a man. Everything he did, he did it as a man, showing us how to do it. Do you believe this or not? The complete Jewish Bible says it like this. On the contrary, he emptied himself in that he took the form of a slave by becoming like human beings are, and appeared as a human being. The CEV says he became like one of us. Is it true? If he didn't become like one of us, if he didn't do what he did as a human being with no unfair advantages over us, then how can we believe that the works he did we can do also? We can't believe that if he did it as God. But, but, If he did it as a man, what kind of man? If he did it as a righteous man, as a faith man, as a godly man. Come on, are you listening? A man of God. And he would make you righteous. And he would give you the authority of his name. And he'd give you the same Holy Spirit he ministered by. 
then you can see the glorious possibilities of doing the same kind of things he did, Peter did, John did, Stephen did. Is that right? They did. It's happened through successive generations. Not everybody has, but a few have been bold enough to dare to believe these amazing truths. And step up and step out and pray like he did, speak like he did, live like he did, walk like he did. These are people who get miracles. 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 Thank you, Master. Go back to Matthew. Matthew 21. When the disciples saw it, they marveled. They said, how soon that happened? How quickly that worked? Now, what happened? He spoke to it. And it happened within hours. Something happened instantly that you couldn't see under the ground. And within a few hours, the leaves were showing the effects of what had happened. Is it possible for you and I to operate that way? Yes. If you say, I don't believe all that, well, then you won't be bothered with it. <laughs> it won't happen for you. But these signs will follow them that believe. Right? <laughs> In my name. They'll cast out wrong spirits. They'll lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. Right? That sounds like what Jesus did. It is. They said, how soon that happened? Keep reading. And Jesus said, verily I say to you, I am the Son of God, and I can do this. And this shows my deity. And this shows that I am God. And you should be impressed. You are right to marvel. Marvel on. Why am I saying this? Isn't this where many believers leave it? Marveling at him. And that's it. And we should marvel at him. And we should glorify him. But don't defeat the very purpose he came and demonstrated it. He's calling you and I. I said he's calling you and I. How many remember when on another occasion they uh, had a storm and Jesus wasn't in the boat with them and he came walking on the water. Do you remember that? He came walking on the water. When they saw him, they got scared. They said, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. We're seeing stuff out here. And he said, it's me. It's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, if it's you. Call me to come out there too. That took a certain amount of courage, didn't it? What did Jesus say? Peter. Peter. How dare you? Mere mortal. Sinner such as you are. Dare to presume that you could do what I, the Son of God, do? Isn't that how a lot of folks believe? They teach some form of that. Come on, tell me what Jesus said when Peter made this request. What did he say? What did he say? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is he no respecter of persons? Is he still saying, come on, come on, come on and what? Come on and what? Come on. Come on out here. You want to do this? Come on. Is he still saying, come on, come on, come on. You want to pray like I do? Come on, do it. Come on. You want to take authority over the devil like I did? Come on. Come on, do it. Come on. You want to speak to death? You want to speak to disease and have it do what you say? Come on. Come on. Come on. Did Peter do it? He did. When he heard that word come, he thought, Okay, okay. And so he got up and he stepped out and he put his foot and he walked on the water for a little while. He walked on the water. Proven. Proven. A man can do it. Jesus is doing it as a man. And here's another man who's not Jesus. 
doing it. Now his fear got in the way and messed it up. But he still did it for a little while. He still did it. What kind of man is this? It's a righteous man. (laughs) Matthew 21. Jesus said. What did he say? Not all that junk I just got through saying. What did he say? If you have faith. Did you notice he keeps talking about their faith? I mean this is a, a constant. He keeps on talking about their faith. If you have faith. And doubt not. Come on read it for me. Read it for me. You shall not only do this. Which is done to the fig tree. Is he telling them they could do what he just did? Yeah. How else can you interpret and understand? Yeah. Is he telling them if you had faith. You could do what I just did. And not just that. Yeah. <laughs> Does this sound like the works I do. You shall do also. And. Now we're jumping from trees. To mountains. Is that right? If you have faith and won't doubt, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you say, this is not prayer, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Why? Because you said it and you believed it just like Jesus said it and believed it. Glory to God, just like him. Now, friend, don't take this word and just amen, get stirred up a little bit about it. There can be something that will come up Monday morning. And it's not something that ought to be happening in your house or in your body or in your finances. Don't get depressed. Don't start begging and groveling. Act like Jesus. What would Jesus do? In that situation, he would speak to that thing. He would stop it in its tracks. He would bind it up. He would shut it down. He'd, or if it needed help, he'd speak life into it and healing into it. Wouldn't he? Do you have a better example you can follow? No, you do not. <laughs> so let folks mock and scoff if they want to and how dare you and shame on you. And all the while we'll enjoy a victorious life. Of ruling and reigning with him. They that receive the gift of life and righteousness. They will reign in this life. By Christ Jesus. Stand on your feet everybody. Praise you master. Praise you master. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.